Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 335, and today we'll be talking about the Haunted Campfire from Summer Camp Island. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, they finally did it, a scary stories around a campfire episode. I liked this one. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I had to stop halfway through just to take a shower, wipe away the sweat, you know, get back in the zone, you know, because I mean, wow, what a scary, terrifying episode this was. Yeah, Toast Ghost might have been a little bit too much. The the great gag of this episode was that, of course, everything's going to be adorable and silly, and yet Oscar will be terrified the whole time. And actually, everyone was 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 terrified, especially once the Toast Ghost came out. But they're they're such <laughs> harmless ghosts that that's what makes it so enjoyable to watch. Yeah. That's the scariest dance I've ever seen. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, Oliver. Not Oliver. No, it's Alexa who says, yo, girl, that's the scariest dance. <laughs> but yeah, no, Pajamas is getting like eaten by the Toscos and just is coming out the other side. And you're thinking, guys, calm down. <laughs> These ghosts <laughs> cannot hurt you. But, uh, and what were they? In, in totality, we had some toothpaste ghosts. We had um, Cocoa Marshmallow Ghosts, a Toast Ghost that was pushing the border, and luckily we, we didn't get the one that might have, you know, cut all of their eyes with, with paper cuts. Yeah, yeah, with the pencil sharpener hands. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, that one that one was scary. Give them paper cuts on the eyeballs. Yeah. Ooh, that's going to sting. Conceptually, that one would have been very bad. Luckily, Oscar was far away from the fire, which is apparently a force of magic life in in this world that has not come back into relevance this is definitely one of those like if it had been an adventure time you would have seen it reappear in a couple of seasons <laughs> like fire and the fact that you can put out fire is an important thing but i don't i don't think mm-hmm. that's what's happening here it is a very simple episode though like i'm surprised by how simple it is they they just they're around a fire ghosts start appearing and that's kind of it. And then they go away. Aw, oh, Susie. Susie was the best in this episode. You dummies. I love it when Susie just shows up for the last five seconds of an episode just to call everybody dumb and end it. But they should have thought of that. I, I love her joke about coffee shirt. <laughs> Those have it like penny teas. Is that the name? I feel like iCarly is where I first grew up seeing like t-shirts with just random quotes on them like that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, may have been a simple episode, but we had a, a brand new character introduction, Madam Chair, <laughs> who has loved the children for the entire time they were there. Yep. Well, I mean, she works in a library, so you assume she's rather devoted to her job there. I mean, libraries are places. They, they try to start them young on the books, so. <laughs> and Oscar's greatest insecurity is that someone's going to call out that he hasn't read enough books. I love that. Man, I, I don't know. He's uh, he seemed pretty pretty scared about the paper cuts on his eyeballs. <laughs> well, those are the consequence of not reading enough children. That that's true. That's true. Uh, now I'm not sure whether or not the first time I watched this episode, I got the Madam Chair person joke or not. It sounds like the kind of thing that I could miss, but I definitely got it this time. Wait, was there some pun within Madam? Chair? Am I missing something? Well, he called her Madam Chair Person, but, you know, Madam Chair Person 
is also oh, what you would call the a chairperson. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. the lady who's the chair of a committee. Interesting. So, <laughs> so see, the fact that you missed that means that I could easily have missed it. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's interesting. I missed that. But your aim is getting better. I have a very important detail from this episode that I noticed. Are you ready for my deep sleuthing? Oh, I'm, I am ready for the important deets. So Lucy, her story about Marshmallow Ghost, she said she, she had to spice up her story by differentiating it right from Hedgehog somehow. And so she said that there were 17 ghosts. There were 18 there were 18. Ooh. I paused it and 18 appeared. In fact, they drew 18. How could they have drawn one off? I was like, I'm going to pause it just to see. Did they, you know, that would have been fun. And, you know, if they had drawn like six or if they had drawn 30, I wouldn't have thought about it. You know, it would have been, ah, okay, that's fine. But they drew 18. It's so close. <laughs> this is, so anyway, this is my, um. Oscar is just extra scared of them. I'm... There you go. I just... I don't know. I feel like I'm being messed with, and then I started thinking even more deeply about it. I was like, well, technically, her story started with one ghost, so that's one plus then 17 more that were introduced later. So I just... I I think... Hmm. I want to believe it was all... You know, there's a lot of intentional behind-the-scene work in animation, really. Everything you see on the screen is intentional. So, I mean... You know... What... what, So anyway... (laughs) That explanation sounds just plausible enough. I say we go with it. That is this top second bullet point I have in my notes. That is the second important thing I noticed in this episode. So there you go. The first one is that our precious boy has finally steeled himself against bumblebees. There was a point in his life. Yes, I like that. There was a point where he was afraid. I can handle bumblebees now. (laughs) But he still doesn't understand how flashlights work. So freaking cute. I loved that. Like, and Hedgehog is always such the best friend. No, you know, Oscar, I, you know, I'm looking out for your well-being. I'm not going to tell the story. I know how my costume scared you last year. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I like how everyone, uh, you're talking about Lucy juicing the story up by adding some extra ghosts. I like how everyone just accepts, oh, no, this is totally different than what Hedgehog was doing because the number is different. No, that's such a good, like, kids moment. Sometimes they try to remind you just how much these are, like, kids specifically, and that's a total kid thing. Is that kids really, or is that them taking a subtle dig at the entertainment industry where, you know, (laughs) everything... Everything old must be recycled, Mm. but we'll file the serial numbers off in such an unconvincing way. Yeah, you know, it could be a biting satire as well. But, (laughs) you know, uh, double entendre. It can serve both purposes. Mm. I do, I like when all of the campers are together because it also gives us a, one, you get like these group dynamics that brings a little bit and a little bit out of all these characters interacting with each other. And also, we get spotlights of characters that just never see or forget they exist. Like, Oliver has dedicated screen time to, you know, talk Oscar through a plan (laughs) for overcoming his fear. And I just love how he's just deadpan (laughs) receiving it. It's like, yeah, okay. But I mean, like, where's where's an episode dedicated to Oliver? I don't know. I feel like some of the campers are really sidelined, kind of like... 
you know, some other witches that I know that really don't get enough episodes. Eh. I mean, I love Susie. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I, I would do. I love Susie a lot. If they just made it the Susie show, I'd be like, okay. I do feel like sometimes the other campers and witches get sidelined a little too hard. And I'm hoping that with the direction that it's all about the magic and, you know, everyone on the camp is supposed to be, you know, fulfilling their magical destinies. I hope that means that we get more of them, more out of them, because I really like seeing them all together, even when it's a simple premise, like telling stories around a campfire. I mean, yeah, that's uh, that that's definitely a group activity. You can't just have Oscar and Hedgehog. I would be curious to see what kind of ghost stories Hedgehog would tell if Oscar was her only audience member. Uh, no, she couldn't bring herself um, And to then do watch it. him still get scared anyway. You know, but luckily Oscar forgets that he has pajamas with him and pajamas should always bring him comfort because she's so strong for him. And she'll be eaten first. If we're going off of attractiveness, he's going to eat me first. <laughs> yes, I love that. However exactly she phrased it. And then, you know, Oscar couldn't have overcome his fear and, you know, well, he, I don't even know if he really overcame his fear, but at least stopped the ghost without pajamas intervention. Just, you know, dragging herself forward on the ground, helping come up with the fantasy of the perfect ghost that takes your glasses <laughs> off your face when you fall asleep. Yeah, where did, <laughs> where did that come from? I love that because I just never thought of that as a thing. Like, I didn't grow up in a household with anyone with glasses, and I, it's such a quaint little idea. I, I love that. Yep, gotta gotta watch your head with glasses. Right. You know, you could accidentally uh, swallow them at night or something. That's not a real thing. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure. <laughs> um, but I, I do wonder, like, why is why is Pajamas worried about glasses? Who who does she know who wears glasses? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's just going to be one of those random things, like when Pajamas goes away on business that one episode. <laughs> well, you know, lots of people in business have glasses, so you never know. Yeah. Business, business, business numbers. I like that aliens consistently understand the essentials of good television more than any earthly television producer. Our our alien this time was watching kangaroos punching and then kissing. And I mean that violence and love. Violence and love. Extremes brought together. People love those <laughs> things. Why do you think Game of Thrones was so successful, guys? Exactly. Boiling it down to the elements that, you know, are the most entertaining. Yeah, I love the alien inclusion because it just is completely random. Now that I think about Game of Thrones, I'm like, how much love is there really? Well, more lust than love, really. Yeah. And how much love was there really for that show? So... (laughs) I mean, yeah, the alien's like, yeah, I, I got nothing better to do. <laughs> I, I love the, the alien ex machina. Just, hey, I'm going to show up and explain this to you because you dummies couldn't figure this out. Well, it also does serve a purpose of continuing to establish that the aliens sort of know what's going on inexplicably. You know, I don't know why they're involved in this camp. I still don't get it. Why would the aliens not understand? Why is it inexplicable that a magical creature who lives on a magical island would understand magic no. better than the muggles who were here for summer camp? Because it doesn't make any sense why the aliens are here in the first place. I get that, you know, at one point Susie was bringing them saltwater taffy, but I don't get how they, like, established this connection. They're far away in space, you know? They, I mean, and we still don't really understand if they're magic or not, because magic is only on Earth. 
Source daughter? No, we know that they're magic because they're on the, in the Glowworm episode, there's a little chart that shows aliens are one of the magical creatures that get their magic oh. from glowworms. Whoa, that's a mind blower. They're on, they're on, I think, the opposite side from witches, if I remember correctly, but they're on the chart, so. Yeah, the aliens are magical creatures, just like witches and yetis. That's so strange. You know, magic has retreated to one island, and yet they're peachy keen. Maybe the aliens were very, very different before the loss of magic, but the witches became completely non-magical, and the aliens seem to be... Powered by sugar, and maybe more... I mean, but they don't commit magic acts. But then again, a lot of magical creatures don't. I mean, monsters and yetis don't. I mean, yeah, the the Sasquatch Monastery, like, what what's magical about what they do? Nothing. They're just magical creatures. Right, they just make magically delicious sandwiches. But, you know, maybe anyone could, mm-hmm. I don't know. Kids are always after their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So, <laughs> you know, yep, there are magical aliens, possibly magical cereals and yogurts. Oh, I, I put I would put money on there being magical cereals. Um, magical yogurts, I don't know if they could get a merchandi- merchandising deal for magical yogurt. You know, there's been talking food in this show, but I don't know if there's been talking food that's gotten eaten in this show. Has that happened? Uh, hmm, I feel like we've seen that. It's very disturbing. The nature of consciousness on this island is disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. And now we just need Suzio's. Susie needs her own brand of breakfast cereal with pink marshmallows. Yes, with a unibrow on them somehow, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we can have the uh, the the weedy part be the be shaped like cat ears, so just a simple <laughs> triangle, and then the the pink marsh- marshmallows can be in the shape of her hair. Yeah, yeah, and then you could do like um, chocolate, just little like line pieces. Those could be the unibrows floating in. That's the like hearty part of the cereal. Mm. No. Only marshmallows. Yeah, only marshmallows. Save the chocolate for the alisos. Mm, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, Toast Ghost is pretty terrifying. When you're when you're as handsome as I, you uh, you must be fearful of such things. The specificity of, of Oscar's delirious fears w- was fantastic. That the that the Toast had to be the most handsome person in the room, which is you know that's a, that's a type of person to fear, I suppose. I like that Hedgehog. Again, met Oscar on his level while he was frozen in fear and got a blanket out of the tent. Yeah, she had to toss the blanket over, yep. Yeah, just to talk to him. Yeah, that's a good strat. And she ended up having to carry him anyway. <laughs> yeah, try to try to isolate him from all the... So he's focusing only on one thing. Unfortunately, he couldn't focus for long. Tunnel of fear. Oh, man. That uh, well of fear was quite a scene. I had almost felt like learning about Finn's vault. Like, there's this dark place within (laughs) Oscar that maybe really exists in his brain where he can pull out the most horrifying things. Like, they just spent... The way they animated it, like, going into the Well of Fear, it almost felt like, because of just how, like, I don't know, animated it was and just, I don't know, extra produced, like, extra frames and would kind of, like, come at it from one perspective and then zoom down into it, like turning a 45 degree angle it made me think okay well if it's not actually something like that where it's the vault for finn it at least is giving you the experience of what it's like to be completely trapped in anxiety and you know you're just diving farther into this inescapable hole where all these dark things live so you know there's a little bit of 
um, you know, illustration, I think, happening in the episode, even though Oscar's fears mostly played for laughs. Like, it's not necessarily because yeah. Hedgehog takes it seriously and because, you know, we, we work through it and have supporting friends. Yeah, everyone on Summer Camp Island is just generally very supportive, and that's what I love about the show. I mean, yeah, sure, they all laugh at Oscar about how he blinds himself with a flashlight <laughs> and whatnot, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're, you know, they're not going to push too hard on him. Not even Lucy. So, yeah, I hope uh, Madam Chair comes back. Uh, the ghosts are yeah, She not. might have broken her spine. Well, it was also a weird joke, because books have spines, but chairs don't. And I just feel like a talking book mm. saying that line would have made more sense. It, when it was her as a chair, it just, it sounded brutal. She's like, ow, my spine. And I'm just like, she has two of them. She's got two metal rods connecting her. This is <laughs> terrible. I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, yeah, Madam Chair could come back. Ghosts can't come back. Maybe Fire can come back. Susie's coming back. I don't know if Oliver's ever going to get more lines again. Are are you are you lobbying for the will of fear to return? I think it's an interesting concept. I don't know. They just played it up so much visually, but I don't really want Oscar to be uh, caught in fear anymore. So no, <laughs> I don't want that to be a thing anymore. But I could see that you know they've introduced it. If you need some season finale type material of Oscar, you know, losing himself because maybe he's been away from friends or something. Or some dark force is trying to overtake him. Yeah, you could bring back the Well of Fear. I think it would probably be safer just to bring back the Bumblebee costume. <laughs> Much more in Summer Camp Island style. But he can handle it now. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, as long as everyone else can. Anyway, guys, that's been us on The Haunted Campfire. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. 